the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church, and we are live, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, professor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, tonight we bring you part three in our new series on Contending for the Faith. We will be talking about the five Ds as it relates to our bodies being the holy temple of God. Very often when we talk about the Old Testament temple as a holy, consecrated place where God dwells, we forget that these Old Testament principles have tremendous application for us today. Big question is, what are the biblical lessons we can learn from Old Testament temple and our bodies being the New Testament temple that God dwells in? Well, for the answer to this and much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that uh, wonderful and challenging introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know that you're going to be lifted up in the Lord, blessed, challenged, and uh, brought to another level in your growth in the Lord. And as Brother Gary has said, uh, we are talking about these five Ds as it relates to our body being the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, by way of introduction again, uh, what an amazing comparison and tremendous application as Brother Gary has indicated and shared with us between the Old Testament temple and our bodies being the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to make a note of this because it's a very important point. Uh, and as I said before, anytime when Dr. Buckner says make a note of this in the Lord, it's something to make a note of. Uh, now, uh, isn't it interesting that the uh, Holy Spirit is called Holy Spirit. Why is he called Holy Spirit? He's called Holy Spirit for several reasons. One is because he's the Holy God, third person of the Trinity. And secondly, it's because he's holy in the sense that he will not dwell in an unholy temple. And that's how God dealt with the people in the Old Testament when they weren't living a holy life uh, and going into the temple and the tabernacle, God literally dropped them dead. And then we even see in the New Testament when they went into the temple and living lives of hypocrisy and corruption 
And Jesus went in there and cleaned the temple out because one of the things that he will not tolerate, and I've said this over and over, and I want you to really get it in your spiritual brain, that he will not tolerate hypocrisy. And uh, you say, well, I love the Lord with my mind. I love the Lord with my spirit. I love the Lord with my soul. You better include the body in there, my friend. Uh, you know, because if the body is not right in uh, unison with uh, the soul, spirit, uh, then you are out of the will of God and you want to be in the will of God. So the Holy Spirit is called Holy Spirit because he wants to live in your body as a holy temple. And you must make sure that you are living a holy life in every aspect of your life so that when the Holy Spirit lives in you, he's able to sanctify you and uh, empower you for service and witness bearing. That's why there are so many uh, people who claim to be Christians are powerless. They, were, they are powerless because they are not living a holy life and a pure life and a life that is totally surrendered to the Lord. And uh, that's why the White Lamb Moody said in his book, Secret Powers, there must be an emptying before there can be a filling. And uh, when we empty ourselves of pride and arrogance, self-seeking ambition, then the Holy Spirit could come upon our lives like he did in the Old Testament tabernacle and temple and fill every corner because we're living a holy life and we're allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and live his holiness through us. Now, by way of review, let me lay out these tremendous deeds, these tremendous deeds. And we are traveling on this spiritual journey talking about five different deeds. Oh, aren't you excited? I'm excited about learning about them. Let me say what the first deed uh, was. A place, God wants to use our body as a place of dedication. Oh, how important that is. A place of dedication. That's the first deed. And you want to put with that Romans 12, 1 and 2. You know, he wants to live in your life through the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants you to be dedicated to him and living a holy life, giving him the glory without hypocrisy. The second D is that he wants to use our body as a place of devotion. That's the second D, a place of devotion. And you also fit into this Romans 12, 1 and 2, because the Apostle Paul, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, says, present your bodies a living sacrifice. And I've said this many times, and I said again tonight, the only problem with a living sacrifice is that it has a tendency of jumping off of the altar. And so we need to die to self, die to ego, die to your will, die to hypocrisy, and we need to surrender totally to the Lord and give him the holy glory in everything we do. So this devotion also uh, relates to you living uh, in the Word of God and the Word of God in you daily. You just can't 
live a consistent life of dedication and devotion without being devoted to the word of God and prayer daily in your life. And you got to be uh, into being filled with the Holy Spirit and putting on the full armor of God. And then you will live a life of devotion. Now, let's introduce the third D, and I'm going to conclude on that, this third D, and next time we will deal with the fourth D. Now, the third D is God wants our body to be a place of duty, a place of duty. Isn't that a tremendous word, a place of duty? What does that word mean, a place of duty? Well, it means a place of service. God wants your body and your entire life to be a place of service. And you remember I said that if your worship is not right, that's why the word dedication relates to worship. The word devotion relates to worship. And then when you get to the third D, duty, that relates to service. Remember I said before, if your worship is right, then your service will be right. That's why the Lord Jesus rebuked the devil. Make a note of this in Matthew 4 and Luke 4. Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him alone shall thy serve. You notice how he puts worship before service? And that was true with the uh, Old Testament priests and the high priests. If they weren't living a life of dedication, devotion, and then uh, a life of duty, then God just dropped them dead. You know, like he did with Ananias and Sapphira, and he did with so many people, and so many people today. Uh, you know, and so this third D has to do with duty. It has to do with a place of service. you got to be serving God in season and out. And this service relates to this, these important points. You want to make note of 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and 2 Corinthians chapter 5, because those two verses of scripture, these two chapters actually, relates to uh, spiritual gifts and works and we're going to be standing before God one day, judged upon what we did with our duty, what we did with our service. And when you're born in the world, you're born with a, whether you're a believer or a non-believer, you're born with a talent. And when you're born again, you're born with a spiritual gift. And so when we stand before God, we're going to be judged upon three T's what we did with our time, the first T, second T, talent, third T, treasures. Remember Jesus said, lay up not for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust and thieves break in, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where none of these things can break in. So you're going to be judged upon these three T's. And my friend, you just can't be faithful to all these things unless you're truly born again. You've got to be born again. You know, there's a true story about uh, George Whitfield, famous uh, preacher in past history. And George Whitfield, he would preach 
every Sunday in his church uh, from John chapter 3 to his congregation. You must be born again. You must be born again. And that man preached that sermon. You must be born again every Sunday. And then the pulpit committee got together and they called him to the side. And they said, George, Pastor George, you got to change your text. We're tired of hearing this every Sunday. <laughs> and Pastor George Woodfield said, I'll change my text when you've been born again. You know, we just need to preach that good old fashioned words of Jesus when he said to Nicodemus, you must be born again, because you can't be dedicated and be committed to dedication, devotion, and duty unless you have the Spirit of God in you and you've been born again. Jesus said, that which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. The wind bore where it listened, thou heareth the sound thereof, but canest not tell whence it cometh and where it goeth. So with every man been born of the Spirit, you've got to be born again in order to be faithful to all of these points that I'm talking about. If you're in the flesh, you're going to constantly live a life of, of defeat. Now, let me say this in conclusion. The Old Testament priests and high priests, God called upon them to be faithful in their duty in the temple and the tabernacle before God. And God is calling upon you and me to be faithful in our duty uh, to our bodies and our soul and our mind and our spirit to God. And my friend, if you haven't done these things, my challenge to you tonight is to prayer of repentance. Oh, how we need to, we need to confess our sins and repent. And we want you to join with us in saying this prayer right now. If you've not been faithful to God, which all of these points that I've been laying out, and you've been living a life of hypocrisy and unholiness, pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord, I confess my sins. And I know from 1 John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I also, Lord, repent of my sins. I turn from my sins and I turn to you. And Lord, become Lord of my life. Help me to dethrone self and enthrone the Holy Spirit and help me to surrender everything totally to you, my body, soul, mind, and spirit. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches regarding this place of de dedication, this place of devotion, this place of duty. And I can't wait to get into the fourth D next Saturday. God bless you, keep you, and strengthen you. Brother Gary. It's time for us to take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, we just want to encourage you to uh, continue to pray for this ministry. 
we thank you so much for all your prayers over the many, many years that we've been on the air. So many people have held us up and we know those prayers have kept us going. And we also want to thank those who have been consistent in their giving to contending for the faith. It's so important that you continue to be consistent in prayer and consistent in giving. Uh, right now, we are looking at a $400 debt, which is a lot better than last time, but we're not out of the woods yet. So we need your help to retire all of this and to get ourselves back, back in the black, so to speak, and out of the red. So there's two ways that you can donate. One, you can send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California. That's spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Now, the second way to donate is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button. And you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. So we just want to encourage you, continue to pray for this ministry. And as God leads you, continue to be a financial partner with us, that we can continue to do the work that God has called us to do. These are dollars that are well spent. You're, you're laying up treasures in heaven. And we just want to encourage you that um, when you give to this ministry, 100% of it goes right back into taking care of our radio expenses. Dr. Buckner and I do not receive salary or monies at all. We just put it right back into the work of the Lord. So we want to encourage you to continue to pray for Contending for the Faith and continue to be a financial partner with, with us here. Now, um, many of you have been uh, praying for my cousin, as I had requested, and I just thought I'd give you a little update on his recovery. I got a note from him. He says, hi, cousin Gary and family. I'm truly blessed by your ongoing love, prayers, and support. God has truly blessed me. Yesterday marked my one week since being discharged and third uh, home physical therapy visit. Physical therapist determined I no longer need a walker. I can bypass use of crutches and can walk even more using a cane for now. My strength and pace, stamina are improving every day. And then he says, my secret is Loretta's homemade chicken noodle soup. Loretta is his, his wife. Please continue your prayers, which are, are powering my speedy recovery. Love, Rudy Jr. By the way, I'm not pushing myself. I rest regularly. And foremost, I'm in the best wifely loving hands of care. So we just wanted to share that with you and thank you for your continuous prayers for my cousin. It, it, you know, the scripture says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. And so, you know, we also, every, every episode of Contending for the Faith kind of close with the, the request for letters and, and cards of encouragement. And so, and I guess, Dr. Buckner, you have a couple of letters that we received over the week. Uh, yes, Brother Gary, thank you so much for that. And as you said, uh, we get so blessed by uh, not only the donations that people give to Contending for the Faith, uh, but also uh, extra blessing with that is encouraging letters. And we really appreciate 
those letters because it blesses us as a staff. And this is a wonderful letter uh, coming from Sophia. And she says, Dear Dr. Buckner and Brother Gary, it was so wonderful to hear the praise report from you both. May the blessings of God be on you and your families always. Brother Gary, I will continue to pray for your cousin's complete recovery and lessening pain. Continue for the faith and your clear and brilliant teaching, Dr. Buckner, have literally changed uh, and saved my life. Because of your insight and passion for the word, my knowledge uh, and love for Jesus grows stronger and my faith deepens. Please accept my donation. I wish it could be more. I always think that if my wallet was as large as my heart for the Lord and thankfulness for your ministry, even Samson, parentheses, before his haircut, <laughs> could not lift it. In these troubling times, while we await the, the Lord return, Jesus, we must battle the enemy every second. The armor of God must always be on us and contending for the faith, continual prayer equipped us with gratitude and love, Sophia. And then she also says this, P.S. Vincent, thank you and God bless you that your expertise makes sure that the truth gets on the air every week. So I thought Vince would be blessed to hear that, an encouraging word. And then we have one more letter that uh, comes from uh, Sandy, and uh, she's a faithful supporter as well. Uh, she says, Dear Dr. Buckner, thank you for your teaching on our bodies being the temple of God. It was, it was a great reminder because I forgot sometimes that God's spirit lives inside of us. And I know he's, he will uh, work in us and, and be with us, but I forgot that he is in us. Knowing that makes me want to live a more sanctified life. Thank you again for this good teaching. Loving Jesus with you and Gary, Sandy. What beautiful letters, Gary. And, and mm -hmm. appreciate these wonderful letters and, and the donations along with that. And we just want to encourage others out there to continue to pray for us, uh, support us, as well as uh, send us letters of encouragement. And we know that, as Gary said, we are behind 400. And we know somebody out there listening right now uh, will step up to the plate and say, this program is one of a kind, and I'm going to make sure that uh, Continue for the Faith is caught up right tonight. So we know that God is going to move on somebody's heart tonight, Brother Gary. So I turn it over to you, and we get ready to get to some of the callers. All right. Well, we have Brother Rick, who's been holding, holding patiently on line one. Yes. Uh, Brother Rick, how are you doing? I'm hanging in there. I'm having one of those moments, but I'm uh, here right now. I want to throw okay. a question to you. We hear so much about truth today, and uh, so much of it we don't know is true or false. How do we know what, what source of truth is true? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a good question, uh, Brother Rick, and I appreciate you asking that question because 
uh, not only are you asking that question, but many other people ask that question as well. And uh, this is actually the question you're asking is an apologetic question because you need to be able to defend truth. Uh, and uh, I, when I hear a question like that, uh, the first and foremost thing that I try to bring break down to people is that, you know, uh, there are people who have, uh, we can consult with uh, and experts who uh, have gone before us, gone long before us, and the one that has gone long before us is Jesus Christ. And John 14 and 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So he is not only the greatest authority on truth, but the greatest evidence of truth. And as uh, Josh McDowell said in his book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, I mean, this is evidence we have evidence and when we consult jesus who is the greatest authority and when we consult uh people that walked with him experienced him and saw him come back from the dead and these people literally uh gave their lives for something that was true you know you don't give your life for something that is fake or fraud you know these people died the majority of them except for john you know, but he was still pulling the, pulling the Isle of Patmos and uh, left there almost dead. And so we have all this evidence. We have the uh, prophetic evidence of God's truth. Uh, we have archaeological evidence of God's truth. And we have uh, all of this manuscript evidence of God's truth. And we have statistical uh, probability truth of, of God's word and who Jesus is. And I think the greatest evidence is the bodily resurrection. And so, you know, when you look at even uh, people that are secular and you people ask, well, how do we know that these people was real? And, you know, George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. And then we look at, uh, you know, Shakespeare and all that. Well, there's experts has gone before us that can tell us about them. Well, when you think about God's uh, truth, Jesus, the greatest authority of God's truth, and everything he did was unique above any other so-called prophet, because uh, none of the other so-called prophets, Muhammad, Zoroaster, Confucius, uh, Buddha, uh, none of them did what he did. I mean, they're still dead in the grave. The greatest uh, proof and of, of truth is that he came back from the dead. And that's the thing that ended up ultimately uh, turning Lee Strobel uh, to the Lord and Josh McDowell. These guys were like atheists, agnostics, and they investigated God's truth, studied it. They looked at everything from a scientific standpoint, historical standpoint, they looked at things from a prophetic standpoint. They looked at everything uh, from a manuscript standpoint, and especially the resurrection. And they came out of all of that as uh, God's truth. Uh, so God's truth became real in their hearts. And, and Simon Greenlee, who started the Simon Greenlee School of Law, and he 
was one of the top lawyers and uh, people started bringing evidence before him. And my mentor, Walter Martin, used to talk about Simon Greenlee. And that man investigated the evidences as a lawyer. He came out of it believing in Jesus and the greatest impact on his life was the truth of the resurrection. And then that man started a, an apologetic law ministry uh, entitled the Simon Greenlee School of Law and Apologetics and started reaching hundreds and thousands of people, Simon Greenlee. So uh, you got, we got evidence that's just unbelievable. And the thing that we have to do is to uh, investigate that's an important word. That's what Lee Strobel did. You know, Simon Greenlee, other people investigated. Because David was right. He said, the fool has said in, heart, in his heart, there is no God. There's too much evidence and too much truth for someone to say there is no God or to say Jesus was not who he claimed to be. And so, you know, he actually lived. Yes, he did live. You know, Josephus was not a, a believer himself, but a Jewish historian. And he, he gave uh, evidence that he lived, and he talked about people who saw his miracles and all of that. And we see a lot of other people uh, that uh, was historians that were not believers, talked about Jesus. And so the evidence is overwhelming. That's why every... Uh, Christian, listening to me uh, tonight, you should get the book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, Volume 1 and 2, by Josh McDowell. You'll be blessed by that, because he lays out a lot of the evidences there. All right, Brother Rick, does that help? we got about a minute left, and does that help? That's a lot. Just keep me in prayer around my health right now. All righty. Well, let's, we have about a minute. Let's have Brother Gary to uh, pray for you around your health situation. All right. Lord, we just lift up Brother Rick. We thank you, Lord, for his faithfulness, for his many, many years of service, as we discussed tonight. And we just pray, Lord God, that you, Lord God, would touch his body from the crown of his head to the bottom, to the, from the bottom to the top, Lord God. Bring healing and life, restoration and wholeness. We just pray, Lord God, that you would, you would touch him, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you would also encourage him and bless him and strengthen him, Lord God, that he would always have a, an upbeat spirit, Lord God, and be filled with your joy, Lord God. The scripture says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so, Lord, be his strength, Lord God. Give him fresh purpose, fresh vision for life, and use him mightily wherever he goes. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, it's time for us to take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And we just want to encourage you to continue to pray for this ministry. And also, as God blesses you and leads you, continue to give, to partner with us here at Contending for the Faith through your financial support. It's so vital. 
Right now, we owe about $400 for our radio time, and we need your help to retire that debt. There's two ways you can donate. Send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way, so much easier, just go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org. Click on the donate button and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. All right, Dr. Buckner, let's go to our next caller, uh, Carol. How you doing, Carol? Hi, how you doing, Dr. Butler? It's so good truly, to speak truly to you. Truly blessed. Good to have you call in tonight and appreciate your call. And what's on your heart tonight? Well, I'm struggling with um, alcoholism. Not me, but my spouse. I've been clean and sober for nine years. And there's a scripture, I think, I don't know which one it is, the first Corinthian or second. I heard it on TV and I said, well, this must have been a message to me because I'm struggling with the, the drunken spirit that comes in my home. He um, is just defiling the smell and everything because I don't drink. I, You know, I turned all that loose what God did. And i having this feeling I need to separate myself from him. I've been loyal, you know, I I borrow my marriage and everything, but I'm coming to the point where it's hindering me. And I want to mature in Christ. I want to grow. Because where he brought me from, out of darkness into his marvelous light, you know, and I want my husband to sit down and read the, the, the Bible with me so I can be a good example you know, if he's a believer like he say he is, but he don't never have time to sit down and we discuss the Lord or what he's been doing for us or what he want to do for us, you know, and he always run out. So to me, it's like he's not there. Uh, whatever he's struggling with, I tries to help also, you know, to, to be there for him. He said, love your enemies, you know, despite the ones that misuse you. Right, right. Well, let me let me try to give you some uh, wisdom and knowledge on this subject matter um, because I I am a counselor as well uh, and I have dealt with issues like this. Let me just ask you a few questions quickly. Does your your husband claim to be a believer? Yeah, he's planning to be, yeah, he says he's a believer. So he claims to be a believer and then are you involved with any church? Do you go to any church right now or are both of you yes, going to I a go church, to church. Well, just just two just two weeks ago, I got boxes and I was packing up and I was leaving. I told him I can't deal with this no more. So he came to me. He apologized. He said, "I'm finna start going to church." He went to church that one Sunday. And okay, so you are. Just, so you are a member of a church. You go to a church. Is that correct? Yes, man. Yes, sir. I'm. Uh, okay. I'm in the choir. So, what you, what you, so let me let me give you some let me give you some good wisdom on this, uh, in the limited time we have, and then we need to get your leave your number so we can continue to talk to you. But let me just say this: uh, what you need to do is make sure that you get your pastor involved, especially if since he made an attempt to come to church, because your pastor and your church need to. Uh, be involved with the crisis that you're going through and you need to get some good 
uh, wisdom. And then you, you guys need to go through counseling as well. And the other thing is that uh, you need if he if he's uh, uh, drinking and acting crazy in your home, like like I'm hearing you say, he needs to understand that this is not justifiable for you to divorce him, but you can separate from him and say to him, either you get your act together and you go through counseling with me and you go into a program where you can get help with your addiction. If you're not willing to do that, then you're going to have to separate from me. You're going to have to move out and or either you're going to move out or I'm going to move out. And when you get your act together through counseling and going through a program that can deal with your addiction, uh, we're not going to be around each other because I'm not going to go through the mental and physical abuse with you anymore. You have to really be firm and give tough love because otherwise he can apologize all he wants to. But and you right now, you don't trust him the way that you're going to Earn, the way he's going to earn that trust back with you is to start doing some serious things regarding his addiction. And when he goes to counseling, you need to be a part of that. And he needs to be dealing with his addiction issues. So what we're going to do right now, I, what I want you to do, because there's no way I can fix this situation in the limited time we have, because we got to get to some other callers. Uh, but what I want you to do is leave your number leave your number and then we want to call you this week and counsel you some more and then i'm gonna have brother gary right now to uh pray for you but you're understanding what i'm saying to you yes i do he don't want to okay. get no help he don't want to get no counseling well, he well, said he can do it on his own and i told him i said can't nobody do nothing without the lord well sometimes they can't do it not only without the lord but they can't do it with out, uh, you know, some counseling and support. So the thing is, that's why we need to talk to you some more and give you some good, more good wisdom. You got to be firm with him and tell him if you're not going to do, you're not going to get your act together. You're going to have to get up and go. Gary, let's pray for uh, our sister and be sure to leave your number. We're going to call you this week. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Butler. You're welcome. Let's pray for the sister, uh, brother Gary. Uh, yes. And uh, her husband and that they'll reach out and get the help they need. And, uh, you know, then we'll get to our next call. All right. Heavenly Father, we just lift up Sister Carol and her husband. We pray, Lord God, that you would just be that cement that binds them in their love for each other. We pray for their marriage. We pray for their home. We pray, Lord God, that you would <clears throat> give him a holy disdain for alcohol, Lord God, that he would no longer desire it. And we pray right now, Lord God, that you would just heal this situation, that he would desire counseling, that he would desire help, that, that he would just no longer be able to tolerate alcohol, that it would just make him ill. We just pray, Lord God, that you would just, in the meantime, we pray for Sister Carol, that you would give her peace, as well as the strength to stand up and say, hey, this can no longer go on, and that you need to to uh, either get right or or gonna have to leave. So give her that strength, give her that assurance that you're standing with her and help her, Lord God, to have your peace, your perfect peace which surpasses all understanding. Guard her heart and her mind. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary. God bless you, Sister Carol. We'll get with you. Be sure to leave your number. Who do we have next, Brother Gary? Okay, let's see. We have, I believe, Brother Jermaine is waiting. Brother Jermaine, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. Well, very good. Very good. My brother, good to hear your voice. And what's on your heart tonight? Yeah, I'll be real quick. Um, just like praying over decisions. I, I notice sometimes when uh, I say I'm praying about something, other people say something, then it's a different feeling. Some people say they feel it in their heart, and other people say feel different impressions. I just wanted to hear your word, Dr. Rucker. How do you know you're truly hearing from God when you're praying to hear from God over a decision or whatever matter versus your own flesh or the thoughts of someone else? Well, that's a very good question, Brother Jermaine, and thank you for that uh, important question. I know it's going to be a blessing to you, but others that I have to share with you. Um, well, one of the things, one of the major ways that we know uh, the voice of the Lord is that we have to be in his will and we, we seek his will through his word and he reveals everything in his word. Uh, and when we know his word, then you will know his will. Notice that the word will, ways, work, and walk. These, all these things fit together, these W's fit together like a hand in the glove. So uh, if you write down 1 John 5 and 14, and it tells us there in 1 John 5 and 14, that uh, we, and if we, let me see, and if we know that he hears us, well, let me go back to verse 14, first of all, and then go to verse 15. And this is the confidence. Now, there's the word confidence. That's what you need to know. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. So, and then that there's the word here, and then verse 15, and if we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desire of him. So when you... Uh, know his will, then, and you know his word. You see, when you know his word, then you will know his will. And the thing that makes the prayer be heard is to know his word and know the will of God. And that's why Jesus gave the disciples prayer in Matthew 6, when he's talked about uh, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the way we know his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven is to be locked in to his will. You know his will by his word. And then Jesus said, remember uh, in John 10, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and no one will pluck them out of my hand. So God has all of these different ways through his uh, word, through his will. That means that you have to study the Bible in order to know it. And then uh, his ways. And then you also, uh, God will sometimes speak to you uh, through um, the, his servants, uh, like people like myself who gives a wise counsel. That's why you're call, calling the radio program tonight, because God speaks through others, wise people, 
And the Bible talks about there's wisdom in the multitude of counselors. And then sometimes God will speak to your heart through visions and dreams to know his will. And uh, so, and also write down Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, where it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So the way you know when you hear from him is you trusting in him with all your heart and he will direct your path. And so that's important as well, the trust in the Lord. And uh, God will move in your heart in a mighty way like you've never known before. So hopefully these has given you some nuggets uh, because even in your inner conscience, God will speak to you in your inner conscience and, uh, and then speak to you through his, uh, his word as well. So stay in his will and then his word and you will know his ways, you'll know his work and you'll know the right way to walk. So let's have Gary to pray for you, my brother, quickly so we can get to one last caller, Jermaine. And let's have Gary to pray for you around hearing the voice of the Lord from the wisdom that you got from Dr. Buckner. Brother Gary. And I would also add, stay in his presence because intimacy with God is where we begin to hear his voice on a regular basis. It becomes clearer and clearer the more time you spend with God. And also he's your heavenly father and you have children and if your kids came to you with a question or trying to figure out something, you wouldn't give them bad advice or hide from them or, or make it impossible for them to discern what, what you're talking about. And God is far better than we are at, at letting us know uh, what we need to do. So, yeah, and one other note, too, is that uh, that circumstances uh, that we, we hear God's voice through circumstances, mm -hmm. 8 and 28. You know, all things work together for good, so include that too. All right, Brother mm -hmm. Gary, let's go in prayer for our brother. Mm -hmm. Heavenly Father, we just pray, Lord God, that you would speak to Jermaine's heart, Lord God, that you would just speak to him and, and, and love on him and allow him to hear, hear your voice clearly and show him uh, which way to go, left, right, or sometimes just to be still. And Lord God, you know how to reach him. You know how to speak to him. And we know with great confidence that you will let him know what he needs to do. And we just thank you for his heart, for his desire. And Lord God, we just pray that he would draw closer to you as a result. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, Brother Jermaine. Appreciate that question. And hopefully we've been helpful to you. Absolutely. Thank you. And I'll, I'll uh, have more to report back next week. Yes. Do some research on that and let us know. All right, brother. All right, Gary. quickly go to CC. Brother CC, how you doing? How you guys doing? Well, we're blessed. We've been missing you the last week, so we're glad that you're back with us. Let's introduce your question, and then next week we'll get you on first to talk about Melchizedek more because we're almost out of time. But what's on your heart about Melchizedek? That we only have a minute, but we'll make sure we get you on first next time. What's your question? I was wondering, I wanted to ask, what's, what's your intake on him? Because a lot of people, you know, have said that he could be Jesus Christ, but I see that Jesus, he didn't have any parents, and Jesus Christ did have parents in his, in his humanness. So, who, I mean, so what's your intake? Because a lot of people say he's Christ, that that's, this is actually Jesus Christ. Well, let me say this quickly. 
uh, from uh, Hebrews chapter 7, and I'll talk about this more next time. Hebrews chapter 7, it says uh, that, uh, consider verse 4, consider how great this man was. He was Jesus was the God-man. He was a type of Christ, but he was not Christ. Some theologians try to hold that he was Christ, but uh, the context destroys that. All right, thank you. We will deal with this more next week, and we'll put you on at the top next week, okay? All right, well, please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you.